Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Hey there. Hey, hi. Howdy. Hey, Kenton. Hey. 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 Hi. 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 Wade. Yeah. Wade. <laughs> Wyatt. 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 As in W. Onya. Gaka. Mosikiti. As in W A Y D. What are you doing? I ask this every time. What are you doing? You ask me that a lot, don't you? Wyatt. I've just come up with. You'd like Wyatt better or Wade? Oh. What? Oh. Wade confuses my little mind. Okay, why? Why add is its own word. Why add? Yeah. Wow, I thought you had gone right into Lato Greek. <laughs> Lato Greek. So the question now is hey, hi there. Hey. Yo. Yeah, that's almost it. What You've are you You've almost got the Amish wave. Doing? I'm practicing the Amish wave. The Amish wave. You remember how much we practiced oh, the, what do you, you know? The shaka. The shaka, shaka baby. In Hawaii. Yeah, there's so many kinds of shaka. Yeah. Yeah, the loose shaka, where it's hardly a shaka at all. Right. I think and we then, saw an article. Yeah. And then there's like the really intense shaka, like everything is articulated. Yeah. Wow. That's usually Power. non-locals. That's the beginner shaka. Yeah. You put those three fingers down, you stick your thumb and your pinky out. But when real shakas happen, they basically just stick their five fingers out. <laughs> Right? I don't know. I feel like I've seen some people who I it's know. It's kind of shocking. They were like really intense. I think it also went with, hey, thank you, versus, yeah. hey, how's it going? Yeah. So yeah. the Amish wave, there definitely is an Amish wave. I've been trying to get that down. So you point with your pointer finger, you turn your palm in towards yourself. Yeah. But you don't want to stick your thumb out oh, so my far. my thumb. That's yeah. the problem. My thumb has to be more down. But it isn't. It isn't like actually pointing because your thumb's kind of loosely there. The loose thumb, kind of like the loose shaka. The Amish. We should talk a little bit about the Amish. I feel like the Amish and the Amish wave and the shaka, like Amish aloha, they kind of have their own aloha spirit. You know, ever since we moved here to the driftless area of Wisconsin, I have to say that I have never once seen an Amish person not wave back to us and we've always been wavers we wave at people hey <laughs> we're huggers too yeah we even hug trees <laughs> well whatever people they people... think we're tree huggers yeah duh oh yeah i get it now <laughs> i knew that i was just kidding <laughs> the amish are incredible though because countless times there'll be someone hanging laundry on their line they will literally put down their wash or whatever they have to wave to you They'll stop sawing what they're sawing. They'll wave. They'll wave and smile at you. It's unbelievable. Unceasingly. We're just strangers going by in our minivan. English folk we are. And <laughs> and they will put down whatever they're doing. I mean, they're harnessing up horses, whatever. What kind of person stops whatever they're doing to wave at a stranger? Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I think it says something sort of about their whole way of, of greeting others. And it seems just so non-division oriented. In the standard American culture, 
to me, this is just my personal opinion, a lot of times I think we grow up with this idea of you're very different from I am. And then because of that difference, I should probably treat you differently and feel differently about you. That's a good point because the Amish certainly see us as different. I mean, we've been told by our Amish friends that we're the English. Yes. That's what we're called. And we have some very strange ways about us to say the least (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and we just looking at the Amish lifestyle around here we are very different we drive cars we talk on cell phones all of that kind of stuff we're far more independent from one another not dress funny (laughs) walk funny we do all all kinds of weird things yes although I would put in that the funny isn't necessarily from them they haven't said you guys are funny no yeah no I'm projecting there and that shows how we I'm just gonna call us the English folk we the English folk tend to look out at other ways and maybe have some judgment about it and I think at least from my surmising when the Amish wave to us they're saying I acknowledge you as a fellow human being Mm -hmm. I'm gonna actually put down whatever task I'm doing even if it's delicate or I'm gonna have to be redoing something I'm gonna put that down to acknowledge you as a fellow human being. Yeah, it feels really nice. It feels really nice. The smile reaches their eyes when you talk to them, at least those that we have encountered. I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule. However, the other thing I want to say with that whole I'll set down something is that in our, quote, again, standard, I'll just call it standard American culture, I, I'm sure it probably expands to other parts of the world as well. In our standard American culture, doing production is so important. I'm sorry, I can't put my whatever it is I'm doing down to wave at you, to help you, let alone wave at you or smile at you. I'm far too busy for that. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I understand. I'm busy too. We're just too busy. We're too busy to be able to talk. That's kind of unfortunately a cornerstone of our culture right now. In fact, we kind of celebrate that busyness, which... I suppose that's another podcast or another episode of the podcast. But but these Amish waving to us no matter what. And it's it's reminding me a little bit of our experience in Hawaii. Speaking oh, of shaka. Yeah, super. There well, when we first were going to go to Hawaii, we heard from a lot of different places. Oh, uh, I don't know. You kinda need to be careful. You got the native Hawaiians there. They really want their lands back. You are maybe going to meet with some animosity, or at least some people are not going to be super friendly with you. And we actually heard this, to be fair, about the Amish, too. We had some warnings that you can't just walk in there and and think they're going to be your friends. And yet, <laughs> our Amish friend gave us a ride in his Yeah, a ride in, in his, his buggy. buggy. And a good friend of ours heard that and said... Only you guys. How in the world? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so when we've gone to encounter these people that supposedly were going to be a little standoffish, we've encountered the opposite. We have. The spirit of aloha was really strong for us in Hawaii. People communicating with us in traffic and letting us out. People just in general offering help. Now, I have to say that there's a story I've heard from you, you tell the story. Which one's that? It's the one about the psychologist 
that's in Hawaii. And I'm wondering if maybe we are getting to that, like why we, you and I in particular, are receiving this type of aloha, mm. Amish aloha spirit, I guess I'll call it. <laughs> this came from Blake Southard. If you haven't checked out his content, he's Northwinds Wilderness School, and you can find him on YouTube. And uh, he told this story, which maybe came from a, no, I don't think it came from a book. I think it was actually a friend of a friend of his. But at any rate, the story is that this friend of a friend, a psychologist, was walking down the beach in Hawaii and he looked pretty local. We know that if you go to Hawaii and you buy a Toyota and you shaka loosely, you are accepted as a local. Totally a local. <laughs> Just get that Toyota and everyone will be like, you live here, obviously. <laughs> like a Tacoma or a Forerunner. A forerunner. Yeah. Those are the best choices. Then you're automatically a local. But be prepared to pay a lot more than it's actually worth. Yeah. But then you get to sell it for a lot more than it's worth, too. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Back so, to the beach. So the psychologist was walking. And with, he looked like a local? And he just kind of had the local vibe about sure. him. And this, this man came up to him and said, Hey, I, I live over in, I don't know, I'm going to make it up. I live over in California. And I thought it was a woman who lived in New York. Well, then, then we'll do the woman in New York next. <laughs> okay. I'm, just giving, I'm getting the people I'm giving you up. a hard time. All right. <laughs> this is like a bad joke. So this guy. No, actually, it was a girl. Right. They walk into a bar. No, actually, I think it was a tavern. Well, same thing. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Psychologist on the beach has a local vibe. This is Hawaii. And a woman walks up from New York. Okay. A woman from New York. Fine. And... She says, well, I've been thinking about moving to Hawaii from New York. And uh, I'm really concerned about, like, what are the what are the people like here? You know, are they nice? Are they going to go out of the way to help you? Are they standoffish? And the psychologist said, well, what are the people like where you come from? And she said, well, they're pretty standoffish. You know, we don't really like... Oh, no, are we offending people from New York? Well, could be. Okay, uh, anywhere. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, New Yorkers. We love New York. Woo! Like Go New York. Heart the Big Apple. Yeah, I used to have a shirt like that. Yeah. Wow, we are distracted. <laughs> <laughs> and and she said, yeah, I just haven't really been impressed with, with the people there. And he said, yeah, that, that's pretty much what you'll find here, too. And then about a week later, he was walking down another beach looking impressively local, and a man came up to him. And, I don't know if this is a true story, because people really come up and ask this. But anyway, and the man said, yeah, I'm from California, and I've been thinking about moving to Hawaii, but it's really important to me what people are like, and are the, are the people good here, you know, nice people? And the psychologist said, well, what are the people like where you come from? And he said, well, it's, you know, it'd be hard to move away from there, because the people in my area are pretty nice, you know, I mean, people help neighbors out, and Pretty kind-hearted. And the psychologist said, yeah, it's pretty much what you'll find here, too. And, of course, the moral of the story is that we look at, at the world and we think, okay, it's external to us, and we really don't have any influence on it. And so what, what are the people going to be like there? What is the, these conditions going to be like? What is this going to be like? 
but mm. not realizing that we bring a lot of those conditions with us. And so I'd say it's probably true because we're chronic waivers. <laughs> we probably and huggers and huggers. We probably encounter a little bit more feel goodiness, wavy hugginess in our lives than someone who never waves at anybody or doesn't hug anybody. So I think what we're we're seeing here, maybe what we're talking about here, is that the way that we encounter the world is vitally important. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is really interesting because we need to look at other people kind of the way that we know ourselves to be. So if somebody in our life has done something, let's say a negative action, something bad, instead of just thinking, oh, well, how dare they do that, blah, 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 we should turn that around and ask ourselves, hey, have I ever done anything negative? Have I ever been in the wrong? Whether it was intentional or it was an accident. And if we could do that and step back and say, oh, wait, no, I know I haven't always been my best self. Then we can allow other people to not be their best selves, not take that so seriously. I think that's part of the reaching out because the big thing with the Amish and with the spirit of Aloha is that, you um, what's the word? Universal humanity. Mm. For example, bad, good, English, Amish, native, non-native, you're a human being and so am I. So the world that we've been taught is a world where I'm here And there's all kinds of external stuff that I barely have any influence over and pushes me around. But we're kind of seeing that the way that you are Mm. is a huge, maybe the biggest factor in the world that you encounter. Two people may encounter a completely different world. That woman from New York might come to Hawaii and be like, wow, people in Hawaii, they suck. They are so mean. (laughs) And that guy from California come to Hawaii and say, these people are so kind and nice. Wow, I can't believe it. Yeah, and in fact, they could meet the very same people. They could meet have, the exact same people. Yeah, so that is why it's essential, I think, for us to realize that underneath it all, we're all human beings and to cut each other some slack. If I was going about my life, well, for example, with the Amish, I get the distinct impression that if we stopped and needed something, they would be so happy to help us. They would willingly give their time or whatever it was, their resources, in order to help someone in need. The funny thing is, I feel like we're the same way. We have definitely gone out of our way in past situations to help someone, and it feels good to help someone. And in fact, we look around, hey, how could we help somebody? Oh, that person over there struggling to get the, you know some stuff into their car. Let's go help them out. Mm. So it is very essential, I think, to realize we're all human beings to allow ourselves to realize I'm not always my best self. Other people aren't always their best selves. But in the end, I think we all really want to just be seen for as a good person, as a, as a human being. When we live like that, that's the world we experience. Yeah. We've, we've definitely experienced that with the Amish. Didn't we just hear that story the other day? Somebody got their truck stuck in a ditch and the guy came out with a double hitch of horses and yeah. pulled their car out of the ditch for them. And I think of the native peoples in Hawaii, who I felt like in my conversations with them, 
would go out of their way to share secret places and their tips for this and that. And like, wow, you didn't have to share all that, but wow. Well, the way that we interact with one another, and I'm going to kind of file it down to kind of how the Amish greet strangers. Okay. Because that's how we started this. Yeah. That is really important right now in the climate of the world today. I'm talking about the whole COVID pandemic and everything that stems from it. We, I mean, we have to wear masks now. You can't see people smiling mm. as much. And there's this idea of don't touch other people. Don't, And it isn't that we don't want to help one another, but we feel almost as though, I do at least, as though I've been told don't see other people as humans anymore. There, We got a lovely letter from a a person, a student in Germany in uh, maybe ninth or 10th grade, the equivalent over there. And, and they were saying that the mask wearing in the classroom, I said, I know that my friends and the people around me aren't pushing me away, but I can't help feeling alienated. And so we, we might understand, okay, here's the reason I wear masks and, and this and that, but having them on, it does have this psychological impact of making us feel separated. And I won't say making us feel separated because I think we can talk about how we can get around this. Sure. But if we aren't conscious about it, yeah. it puts a barrier because our faces are so expressive of our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, that when that is cut off, we lose a lot of that nonverbal communication. That, well, yeah. I mean, even... So even body language, so that's what you're talking about, nonverbal communication, the body language. For me, I still can't get over it when I'm in the grocery store and I am going to get something and someone maybe comes around the aisle and then we're too close and there's like this, oh, get back. And I keep thinking, oh, what's wrong with me? Why, why don't they <laughs> right. want to be by me? And so our personal bubble has been forced to be bigger Maybe that's great for, for some people who just have never wanted to be close to just strangers. But as it's hard a, for us because our bubble is we're quite we're small. wavers and huggers. So I'm always just hey, and I want I don't like to invade people's personal space, but I don't mind being close and just sharing a general warmth. So that distance of the mask, no facial expressions of the bodies, no nonverbal communication and body language, is it, it can be challenging. But I agree with you. I think we can be conscious, we can use awareness and mindfulness, and we can start to shift that for ourselves. And then, as we've been talking about, if I live like that, then that has a ripple effect out into the world. I am thinking of last week, and I was walking into the, our local food cooperative, and this guy was coming out, and he looked at me right into my eyes, and he said, hey, how are you doing today? And it wasn't a, hey, hi, are you? <laughs> no, it was a, hey, how are you doing today? And I responded. And we didn't talk long, but the connection mm. was very connected. There was eye contact. We could see the smile lines around our eyes. Our mm. eyes were smiling. And there was verbal communication that was not wishy-washy. It was definitively trying to communicate and say, I recognize you, you recognize me, mm. here we are, two human beings, let's share a moment of time. Well, and of course, 
as we all know, when you wear a mask, if you want to try to communicate clearly, you have to speak that much louder. Yes, you do. Which is nice because then you know if he is speaking loud enough that you can clearly hear him, he is making an effort. Mm. And there's something about just that subtle effort. I feel it when the Amish woman puts down her laundry basket for a moment and waves at the car. There was clear effort in order to connect with me. And how wonderful does it feel when we know without a doubt someone is intentionally trying to connect with us as a human being. It's amazing. You know, Rebecca, this brings up that it is easier for the human mind to look at anything, a situation, let's say mask wearing, and see the negatives. Oh, I have trouble breathing. It's difficult to talk. It obscures my ability to smile at people. It's very easy for us to see the negatives. It is more difficult for us as humans to see the hidden positives in things. So we're seeing perhaps that mask wearing is encouraging more smiling with your whole face, with Mm. your eyes. Because if you want to smile at somebody, you've got to smile with your whole face. (laughs) That's a smile really big. (laughs) (laughs) It's encouraging more conscious speech, as you spoke about. If I just say, hey, how are you doing? All they're going to hear is... (laughs) But if I articulate and I speak directly to that person, they can sense the intention behind it. And there's a a new level of communication that maybe is happening because we have these masks here. So maybe there's hidden benefits. And when those masks come off, if those benefits can stick, Mm. we could see an entirely new level of human acknowledgement and communication going on. Wow. So focusing on what we what we have, with the gifts from this, and what we can do. So we know we can smile bigger with our eyes and make eye contact with people. Probably if you don't really need sunglasses while you're in a store or while you're having a conversation, take off <laughs> sunglasses because if you have a, I don't know maybe if you've experienced this yet, but a person has a mask and they have sunglasses pretty soon. Like, there's no, there's no face there anymore. <laughs> So just thinking about that, because eye contact is so critical. So that's one thing, being able to speak clearly and intentionally to someone else so they really know, hey, that person is taking time to talk to me. Uh, I had a great experience at the library recently. Our library here was open for a brief window of time, like a week. (laughs) And we were lucky enough to get to go in. They were allowing six people in the whole building at one time. I think our family took up the majority of that. But I started speaking with the librarian who was checking me out. And I normally wouldn't get into a super long-winded conversation with a librarian. I just check out your books and say thank you and you go. But we started talking and I had I told her, oh yeah, we did have COVID. We got to talking about COVID. I said our family had it. And she just started asking me some questions because she was curious. And so I gave her some answers. And we spent a good long time just talking to each other the way you might chat with your neighbor you know, front porch to front porch. And so to me, another thing I think that people can do is ask real questions of other people. How are you holding in there? Do you have enough help? You know, how's your health been? How's your family? Like real things, just not, hey, what do you think of the weather today? And the other thing is when people talk with you or ask you questions, just spend some time listening. Mm. It was wonderful to just share my experience of what our COVID was like with the librarian and have her ask these wonderful real questions, I knew she was truly interested. And that really just made this wonderful connection of like, again, 
hey, here's two human beings. I'd never met her before. She'd never met me. But I left feeling that there's really decent, wonderful people in the wow. world. I'm also thinking of some tech platforms. So we have this technology that almost all of us are using. And it has great potential to connect us right now. I, I keep thinking, so we have that Marco Polo app. And I know some people have had some bad experiences, I think, with the paid version. But, I mean, we've done the free version, and it's just been awesome for it's us. It's been working for us. I, I mean, there's other things. There's Zoom, and there's Skype, and there's a, a zillion, it feels like, different ways to connect. Part of what I think is challenging is that that doesn't necessarily always work I'm thinking of some older friends of ours who are in their 80s. Yeah. They're not super tech savvy, trying to set up like a webcam and get the sound hooked up and then get attached to the meeting mm. becomes just really kind of stressful for them. So that sort of platform is awesome. But a phone call, a phone call still oh, works great. It's so these powerful. Days. Yeah. And in fact, I know a few of our older friends who the phone calls just really appreciated. It. It's easy. They understand it. And it feels like the old-fashioned days quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of old-fashioned, letters. Oh, yeah. Writing surprise letters. Surprise packages. Surprise packages. And, of course, if we are going to use our phones, many, many of us have cell phones today, take a picture of what you're doing. Your or face s- without a mask, yeah, smiling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out here in nature. Or take a picture of something that you've cooked or a flower you've seen or something that's inspiring and just say, Send it to someone who you're thinking of. This made me think of you, and I wanted to share it with you. It's so, so nice that we do have this technology. Yeah. We should let it work for us versus (laughs) the other way around. (laughs) I feel in the same way that the way a mask can be, oh, this is so negative, or it can have hidden benefits. This whole time that we're in, it's a time that's ripe for finding ways to really connect with each other for those random acts of kindness for finding ways to to reach out to fellow human beings and say i recognize you maybe despite our differences you might be amish i might be english we live vastly different lives (laughs) you might be native hawaiian and i'm just a tourist trying to you know have a loose shaka and drive a toyota and pretend i'm (laughs) local but still we see each other as human beings and we say those differences that those are eclipsed by the connection of both being fellow human beings on this planet. Yeah. Well, let's do our action points. What? Yeah. It's time for you to unleash <laughs> your oh, life. Life, life, life. So life. the first one is the letter writing. And I think I need to speak about this because it's impacted our life recently. <sighs> our little girls like to write letters, but they have one particular pen pal specifically who, when we got COVID, she already is an amazing letter writer. However, when we got COVID, when Mirabelle and Lily got COVID, literally, I okay, maybe is isn't literally, but I felt as though there was a letter or a card for them every day in the mailbox. It sure felt like it. It was so touching. It was meant so much to the girls, and it gave our whole family something, you know, kind of a rallying point in the day. Oh my gosh, here's here's a letter. There's somebody that's thought about us so much that they're writing us a letter. It was beyond sweet. And I think if you really want to make an impact in someone's life, send them a letter and just tell them what you've been interested in. Share your life with them. You know, the letters that we got, they were just awesome. 
filled with walk on the beach and here's oh. the animals I saw. <laughs> yeah. So many nature things. Uh, yeah. Because she knows she pays attention to us and what we love and care about. And thank you, Kim. Yes, thank you so much, Kim. <laughs> it's such a blessing. You can turn that around and you can write letters to people and letters we've spoken about this in other other episodes they have a power that an email or a text does not they are something that people can keep as keepsakes and there's nothing quite like holding yeah i was gonna say they're physical you can touch them you can smell them and if you're the one that's sending them put stickers on them or draw or doodle (laughs) it's great because you can just make them so vibrant and so alive Number two, those surprise packages that we mentioned just a little bit ago. This is a super fun way to really brighten somebody's day. Who does not love getting a surprise package in the mail filled with wonderful things? And the ones we've gotten lately, and I'm going to name off three people here, Carissa and Stephen and Jane, who... You know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Who each, I mean, pe- many people have sent us oh, incredible packages. We could keep that yeah, list going yeah, backwards. Yeah, we could. Those are the, this is just the most recent, most recent few. And as these were opened up, the whole family gathered around this package. It wasn't just one thing. It was each box was a, a treasure chest, oh, I feel like. so much love and thought. Well, it's that way with all the packages we've received. So it, there's just so much love and thought that goes into it. And it was clear that they were having fun doing this, putting this together. It did not feel rote. It did not feel like, throw this in the mail. It was just like, I'm going to pour myself into this, and I'm having fun doing it. So we could feel that on the other side as we opened it. And so this is another (laughs) opportunity. It doesn't even have to be something big. You could pick a small box and just put some variety of chocolates and some yummy teas and Mm. send it to somebody who you know likes to enjoy a good book with tea and chocolate and just... If you notice what people love and who they are, we just want to be seen. And especially right now, we really want to be seen and known. And that is an awesome way to do it. What a great way to reach out to somebody. (laughs) Fun. So number three is random acts of kindness for strangers. Now, this is a place to bring out your creativity because it is more challenging these days. We, again, recently heard a story And this one was about a woman in a grocery store or something, and she dropped a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. And nobody around her offered to help. Well, we heard, in fact, that nobody even acknowledged that she had dropped anything. Really, people just kind of, no one said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Everybody just went their way. Wow, yeah. Even the store clerk who eventually came didn't help. Wow. And we can understand why. Yes. Because, right, people are trying to keep their distance and such, but would have been much different if just a person had acknowledged it, said, oh my gosh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, and shared a little story as she was picking things up, made some connection. Mm-hmm. You can always ask somebody, are you comfortable with me coming up and helping you out? And some people will say, Yes, some people will say no. You know, in our case, we can now say we've we had COVID just about a month ago. We should probably be chock full of antibodies and mm-hmm. and pretty safe right now. Can I 
come and help you out. Yeah, it never hurts to ask. I, I think put yourself in the other person's place just to be acknowledged that you would normally go and help goes a really long way. Yeah. But you can get creative with fun things to do. I'm thinking about your brother and how he occasionally takes his two boys to go to Starbucks early in oh, the morning yes. and they just get a fun little drink when they're visiting. And so they went one day and he came back. He's like, oh, it's the craziest thing. The person in front of us got our our coffees. Yeah. They, and we didn't even couldn't even thank them. They walked out the door before we even knew what was happening. <laughs> they were just all aglow. It delighted the kids. And so that's like a simple thing to do. Just you know, pay for the person behind you, whatever it might be. It's something simple. Um, a coffee. It's not going to set you back a really long way. You see how these things work? Because that one little action, an anonymous action, essentially, it impacted my brother. It impacted those children. Mm -hmm. So that they might remember that down yeah. the road. Well, it impacted me hearing the story. I just thought, that's really sweet because they didn't even wait around to be thanked. Yeah. And then you can tell, wow, that's just came right from them. Now we're sharing the story and it yeah. could impact other people. I mean, there's so many things. Make a yard sign with your kids that has an inspirational quote and some fun drawings and put it up in your yard in town that's where everyone awesome. can see it. You know, or go out on your porch. And you've, we've heard stories of this, of music and how it's connecting people. If you've you know already had COVID or you have a larger family group, go and, and carol a little bit. We can stand for sure six feet back and just sing some Christmas songs to people and invite people to sing from their doorways. It's like, then it becomes, I'm not saying COVID becomes fun, but then it becomes fun to be in this world where yeah. there are surprises and people who think about others. It's so delightful to just have this random thing that brings joy to everybody. All right, number four. If you have already had COVID and you were a low risk person to begin with, and you know that you're in the window of opportunity and you feel comfortable with it, you are in a place to be able to help somebody who is going through a tough time, someone who can't get groceries, someone who is really lonely, all that kind of stuff, volunteer organizations that need people that they don't have to worry about. This, it's challenging, but it's still an opportunity. Yeah, I think volunteering in an official way is, I mean, it's there's still opportunities. Yeah. You just might have to look a little bit harder. But there's also these unofficial opportunities where, again, if you've had it and you are, you probably have some level of immunity, there's more and more science comes out. It looks like at least six to eight months. And what if your neighbor or friend gets it? Most of us by now know somebody who... Yeah has got it and probably there's going to be a lot more of that in the next month or two and so reaching out i mean we know it's hard you can't yeah. go out to get any groceries you're kind of screwed if you're not a little bit of a prepper and have some stuff yeah ready and even if you do have a lot of food if you're sick it's really hard to get up and cook for yourself it's just hard to do anything uh, when you're not feeling well and you're not even allowed to, to see or touch other people. I wish that there were some organizations or groups that were collectively gathered where people in a community, this would be so great. Maybe this is happening and we don't know about it, but where people who have had it, who feel safe with going in contact with others could form and say, okay, I just had COVID. I'm over it. I can you know, be a part of this group for the next two months. And then you would set up do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like wait, those of us that are feeling safe can help those that are in need of help yeah. in like a centralized way to get yeah. people's, you know, 
yeah, it kind different of abilities we, into play. There was something like that. In fact, I asked the health department after we got better if there was anything in our county like that. And she, and she said, no, I'm afraid not. You know, thanks for thinking of other people, but we just don't have yeah. anything like that organized. And you and I have not taking it upon ourselves. Maybe we should be more go-getters and yeah, organize things should. like that ourselves. <laughs> okay, well, action point number five. This is a really important one, in my personal opinion, because when you get into a groove of some sort, it's easy to forget that it's going to be different. You know, whether you get into a bad mood or you get sick, and you know, all those different things, emotions, you think, oh, okay, I'm kind of in this place. No, I'm not going to take on anything new. I'm not going to do anything out of the ordinary. But I feel like it's really important that we do something fun, new, or different that gives us a sense of life's juiciness. Oh, this came from that student in Germany yeah. who was saying, you know, the, the teachers were just trying to stick to the rote stuff. Oh, okay, we heard from our friends. And they were telling us about, well, actually their daughter was telling us about her day in school. And she's in a six by six foot little marked off square at her desk. And she basically sits there all day, except for two 15 minute breaks where they get to go outside and take off their mask. Even quote, gym class is sitting behind their desk where they get up and do some jumping jacks. Yeah. yeah, stand up and do some jumping jacks and then sit back down. They eat their lunch there and their breakfast there. And there's... It's hard in an atmosphere like that to say, let's do something new and fun and crazy. But that student in Germany was saying, oh, was it her French teacher or mm -hmm. something? Somehow like served them tea or something. Some kind like, of, yeah, yeah, tea. It, some, it was something that you wouldn't think that you would do, especially during COVID. And yeah, I remember her saying. Took her by surprise. Yeah, that that was yeah. really neat. And I mean, we can do that for ourselves and share that with our family. Um, yeah, try a new tea or a different route to work or a new meal or a new book or some pastime that you've always been interested in. Just something different, something that's fun so that we can be reminded that life is still filled with all these little miracles of discovery. Mm. When we get outside our box a little bit, we make ourselves more interesting. We create more opportunity for connection, for conversation, for seeing each other as unique individuals that have unique interests and ideas that may be different from ours. And yet we're all humans, we're all here together. And if we can celebrate that connection, I think we could go a long way. I need a t-shirt. That says Amish Aloha. Amish Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's like that. that's just kind of the marriage of it. And they're super totally opposite, but they're so similar. I think you just came up with the name for this episode. Yeah, woo! Amish Aloha. Oh, yeah. Right. Amish hey. Aloha. Hey. 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 Yeah, hey, Shaka baby. I wonder if you No. You got the Amish wave. You still I think if we Shaka the Amish. You no, you can't that Shaka around good. here. They I don't well, I don't know. No, I was gonna say for the Amish wave you gotta get this thumb tucked this in. Thumb. Yeah, I can't stick it out that you got, you got such a hitchhiker th Okay guys. <sighs> We're so distractible today. We love you all. We're so thankful that you listen to these with us and you sit down with us for this time and connect with us. Please write to us leave comments, share, and we cannot wait to connect. As Liliana Joy says, hugs and kisses that never end.